Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the All Portable Discussion Zone. It's a bi-weekly live stream all about <laughs> amateur radio portable ops. My name is Charlie. Call sign is November Juliet 7 Victor. And with me this evening are uh, one is one of the two show's co-hosts, uh, Dan, KC7MSU. And also, I'm pleased to introduce tonight's guest, Jim, uh, N4JAW. Also, a warm welcome to all of you guys in the chat who, who uh, are, are watching live. If you have a comment or a question, go ahead and throw that in the chat, and we'll be able to respond, hopefully, to that. Uh, a reminder that this is a uh, is converted to a podcast about 24 hours after the show releases, so uh, most podcast players will, will catch that for you. And finally, if you're looking for a behind-the-scenes access to interviews, an opportunity to interact with members in the community or just other perks, you can uh, become a mem member or a supporter of the channel by clicking on the link below, the join link, or by visiting the Patreon page. So now uh, I think we're finally uh, back on the tracks and, uh, and moving down at a smooth rate. Let's get caught up on what's been going on in the world of amateur radio amongst ourselves. You know what, Dan? While you while you're getting things sorted, I will tell everybody what I've been up to for the last couple of weeks. So I have uh, been uh, most recently. I went out and uh, did a summits on the air activation. Um, it's called Drome Dairy, I think is the way you pronounce it, with a friend of mine, um, Andy, and for LAG. We hiked at the top of that and uh, had a great time. That was just yesterday. Uh, last week, Sandy and I did a couple of summits up in the Prescott area and had a good time there. And so I've done a lot of soda and, uh, you know, that's pretty much been it. I haven't really got a lot, got on the radio a lot here at home. I typically do you know, chase the soda, but I haven't been lately. It's got some work things going on, but that's pretty much what's been going on with me. Let's give Dan another chance to see if he's, he's uh, good to go now. Can you hear me now? There we go. Hey! Okay, last couple of weeks I've been kind of missing in action here, so I've been uh, moving into uh, a new uh, home here, so and uh, trying to get things settled and set up. So I've got uh, my test gear finally set up behind me, so I'm happy about that. It's, uh, feels more like at home. So I accidentally bought a new multimeter uh, as well uh, the other day. So. Um, I haven't got my uh, home station uh, set up yet, so we're still trying to figure out uh, what we're going to do there. So uh, I have some negotiating to do uh, yet. So we'll see how that goes over the next uh, week or two. But that's uh, that's about it for me. Cool. All right. Thank you. Uh, and then also, Jim, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? And by the way, welcome to the show again. Well, thank you. And before we get started, I'd like to uh, thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy, my third grade teacher, uh, all of my coaches <laughs> and everything for allowing me to have this opportunity to get on this great show tonight. <laughs> thank you, Jim. <laughs> uh, the last couple of weeks have, have been kind of hairy for me. I've been uh, not sleeping well. So I get up in the middle of the night and I've been actually working a lot of uh, DX into uh, Europe, uh, Russia, uh, Italy. I've also worked uh, Japan and Australia. And all of that's been on uh, CW. Uh, I have, there's been a couple of warm days here in Louisville where I've been able to get out and just kind of try and test some of my antennas so I can get ready to use them. Uh, when the weather finally breaks. We're in a cold spell right now. Uh, today it got up into the 40s, but this morning it was 17 degrees. So that's about all I've been doing the last couple of weeks. 
Oh, that's plenty. That's, that sounds great, uh, Jim. Uh, I, um, so let's dive in here and get to know you a little better. And I say that because um, there are a lot of people who are big fans of yours, including my, me. I, I really enjoy uh, all the things that you put out on the social media, showing the experiences that you have. And uh, this is, uh, I think, a pretty popular uh, interview is going to be. So, But I think some of us don't know some of your background. So as much as you're comfortable, why don't you share with us maybe where you're originally from, maybe a little bit about your family, and, uh, and let's just start there maybe and then go into your career. Um, I'm actually originally from Louisville. I, uh, I moved away from here back in the uh, mid-70s to the mid-80s for about 10 years to Indianapolis. Uh, most of my working career has been in uh, radio and TV broadcasting. Most of it has been in radio broadcasting. Um, I actually like to say that uh, my introduction in the ham radio in 1956, actually Christmas of 1956, uh, kind of spearheaded uh, my career in broadcasting. It, it was really amazing. I was introduced to it. Uh, me and my cousin, I was actually spending a Christmas holiday uh, with my grandmother uh, down in western Kentucky. And uh, my cousin's mother, who was a teacher, and one of her co-workers was a teacher, we actually went over to their home for Christmas vacation. Uh, the gentleman who I consider my mentor, uh, Mr. McCain, uh, was a, a World War II telegraph operator. And uh, he took his GI Bill in the 50s when he got out of the service uh, to become a radio and TV repairman. And as part of that, he also had an amateur radio operator's license. And we went to his house during Christmas vacation. He said, come on, boys, come back into uh, my <laughs> workshop. And we went back into the workshop, and he fired up his rig. And he actually, the first station that he contacted was a station from England. And as a five-year-old, you know, I recognized the accent because uh, I kind of recognized it from Winston Churchill. Uh, so that, uh, that was neat to me that stuck with me, uh, and still to this day, I mean, I remember it like it was just yesterday. And, uh, I knew then that was something that I really wanted to delve into, uh, when I retired, uh, I actually was licensed as a Cub Scout. I got a merit badge in 62 uh, and signal and signs, a merit badge. And one of the uh, Cub Scout leaders saw that I was interested in it and I knew about Morse code. I learned Morse code with uh, assembling that with a buzzer from my erector set wow. and uh, learned Morse code. He, uh, the sponsor, went with me to our federal building here uh, and I was 12. Uh, and walked in and took the novice test. Uh, and at that time, you had two years to upgrade. I took it and never upgrade. Uh, and then in high school, when I got more interested into uh, to broadcasting, uh, I had an English teacher who uh, knew uh, people at a TV station that was only a quarter of a mile from my high school. We went down there for a field trip. Uh, I explained to them 
you know, what I wanted to do when I when I grew up or became an adult. And I started going down there in the afternoons uh, after school sometimes. Uh, they call today they call them interns. Back then, you were known as a gopher. <laughs> so uh, cool. I got my foot in the door. Uh, I moved away from it. Uh, after high school, I went to college. I actually flunked out of college because it wasn't what I wanted to do. I got involved in a local broadcast uh, school here in Louisville. Uh, went through their six months course. And after about six months, eventually got uh, hired at a local radio station and started out part time. And I've helped positions, uh, sports announcer, sports director, news director, uh, on air announcer, program director. Wow. Uh, you've 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 been in uh, the you've actually no wonder you have such a great camera presence. <laughs> <laughs> or as they say, you, you were you were on the radio a lot though, wasn't it? it was it was camera not exactly? <laughs> uh, and I, I did do some some camera work uh, after a broadcasting school. Back then, it was film, uh, a whole lot different than it is today. Uh, I actually retired from broadcasting in two thousand from the station. Uh, that was actually the one that I go for that uh, back in the 60s. Uh, that station was owned by a local TV station. And at the TV station, I was the, I was a field, uh, field producer for special events and was the operations manager of the radio station. Okay. Um, I got and, a question for you then. Sure. So, um, so you've had a lot of experience then in in, in radio. Now you have your uh, your Twitter account, but do you have a YouTube channel or some other uh, media as well? I do have a YouTube okay. uh, channel. Good. <laughs> I, I've, I've got one that I used to maintain a lot that was specifically for bike touring and bike commuting. And I've had a number of people ask me, when am I going to start <laughs> developing uh, content for ham radio. Yeah. And I said that I'm not going to do it. There are too many of you all out there like <laughs> you, uh, and Chris and Adam, uh, and, and Thomas, there are, you guys do such a great job. You all don't need me dilly dallying around <laughs> into your territory. Okay. Fair enough. Well, the question I have for you though, is, uh, and there are so many people that enjoy what you put out there. Do you do you feel like your career has helped you to put out quality content? Do you uh, think has there been any any uh, crossover with with what you're doing on in social media? I, I think it has. Uh, I, I vowed when I, I I got out I got out of broadcasting. I, I've been in and out of it for a number of years, and and when I, I left it in two thousand. Uh, it wasn't fun anymore. It, it was funny. I, I'd asked my, my mentor in, in broadcasting back in the 60s. I said, how do you know when it's time to leave? And he said, when it's not fun anymore. And it got to the point where it wasn't it wasn't fun anymore. I was lucky enough to have a career that if somebody offered me a position in it and said, you can do it for free, I would have done it. Uh, and not too many people can say that they have a, a job that they enjoy going to every day 
and, and not worried about getting paid. Uh, I've been fortunate to, to meet so many wonderful people, entertainers, uh, politicians. Uh, it's, I, I've, I've had an amazing life. Uh, and I was also an engineer in, in radio. So that, that was a crossover also with my amateur radio. That's great. I, I really appreciate that's That sounds amazing. So um, let's see. That's that's just really good information. I, I had no idea about that aspect of your life. I mean, I knew you were in broadcast, but I, I, had, I didn't know how to what extent. And that's that's amazing. That's that's a great. Uh, yeah, I've I've climbed a few towers, 200 feet towers in my day. It, it's been a while, but but I've, I've actually actually constructed the tower and have been up on the ball on a crane. To cool. All right. Well, so um, looks like you broke up here for just a minute. So we'll see what happens uh, while the uh, the bandwidth kind of uh, grabs you again. I think it got you now. Uh, let's go ahead and, and move to the next question. And that is, um, I think that you were... Um, so you said you got into into ham radio kind of in Cub Scouts, but uh, then oh, it looks like we lost him. Let's see what happens here. There he is. Okay. Oh, he's back. Yeah, we uh, yep. you you got involved in Cub Scouts, and and then you said you let your your license lapse. Uh, when did you get back in full force into into ham radio again in, in your latter years? I got relicensed, and uh, it was it was funny. I got I got my novice license on field day again, excuse me, in 1983. And it, it was just blind luck. And I, I'd already had uh, a 10 tech century 21 at that time. And uh, that field day, I strung up a war and got on the bands. Right. Uh, so I've been consistently uh, licensed and uh, operating since uh, June the 23rd, I think it was 1983. Okay. And what were you, when you first got into ham radio, what was your focus? Uh, CW. So you've been uh, doing CW since the eighties. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, once I got my general license, you know, I, I did CW, you know, a little while and then I jumped to my advanced and it was really ironic, uh, in 1991, when I upgraded to advanced, and I went in, and the uh, BEs, you know, knew me, so they said, "We know what you can do as far as you know your code is concerned. Why don't you do the code test?" So I took the code test first and passed it, you know, at 26 words a minute, and flew through the advanced, you know, license and didn't miss it once. They said why don't you go ahead and take the advance? And I said, ah, I haven't studied for it. And they said, oh, you can do it. I took it and I came up too over the limit. Oh, nice. Uh, so they said, hey, you know, you know, study for it and come back next week. That next week turned into 30 years. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't do Morse code really at all until... 2020. Okay, 2020. And uh, there were a few people that I knew on Twitter 
who shanked me into upgrading. They really shanked me really bad. It hurt my feelings. <laughs> I cried so much. They just was on me so bad. So I went on it. And That's took, the way to do it, man. Yeah, I took the extra, and then slowly I got back in to doing code. And uh, simply because uh, it was more fun. Uh, I have nothing against single sideband. I get teased when I do single sideband and people ask me, who did I borrow my mic from or who did I steal the <laughs> mic from in, in order to, to do single sideband. Uh, but I just enjoy doing uh, CW, especially right now with conditions the way they are. Uh, you could work the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so um, while we're on CW, then I, there was a few questions I had about CW. I didn't know when we were going to get to them, but I knew we would eventually. So since we brought it up, let's uh, dive into a few of those questions. So you started learning in 80s, but then you kind of moved away from it and then back to it in 2020 something, 2020? 2020. Something, actually, 2020. I think it was like June of 2020 when I started to started to get back into it. Yeah. So... Um, there's, let me. I, I wanted to play a couple of videos before we before we move any further. So let me do that. Okay. And then and then because uh, they're from from Twitter. Twitter's the best place to find you, right? Or is Twitter there another and thing? and Instagram. I'm on Twitter. both. Okay. Cool. Well, let's uh, let me bring up the first video here and share screen and see what we have here, and then uh, we'll talk about the next one after this one. So here's the first one. <laughs> Oh. Is there any audio? No, there's no audio coming through. All right. Well, I stop sharing and see what's happening here. Um, this show, I tell you today, it's it. Uh, every once in a while, it, it keeps you honest. <laughs> it's audio challenge today. It is. it is. So let's see. Uh, if I present is share screen, and when it says share tab audio, and uh, it's. Interesting. So let me try one more thing. And then if that doesn't work, then we'll just have to move on. So uh, let me try over here, grab this. Um, and we'll play. Let me share that and see. I bet this does it. Yep. So what are we looking at here, Jim? Uh, that's me actually learning how to work a bug. Okay. Yeah, a bug. Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about that because uh, that's something that actually I'm interested in too, but uh, tell us about that. You, you know, it's it, it's funny. I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I actually learned Morse code from a lot of old keys that, uh, that, uh, that are SK now. And most of those guys operated bugs. And when I saw them operating them, I just said, you know, I, I can't do it. It was, it was just too difficult for me. But I've, I've always accepted the challenges that our hobby has to offer. And I refuse to get beat by anything that a hobby has to offer. Right. So uh, back in December, I guess it was, you know, I purchased one. And hooked it up to my old Heathkit uh, 
oscillator, plugged in my speaker, and I said, let's go for it. Uh, so basic. So how, so how do you think that, uh, how did you find it difficult? And how is it, how is it, what are the challenges of it? Uh, I, I found it difficult, but, but I went back again to my basic uh, CW operation for me, and that was just creating a rhythm. Um, it's always helped me to listen for people's rhythm and even mine. And, and now with, with video, you have the option of looking as far as and listening to, to what you're sending. Uh, when I initially set up the bug, I had the spacing wide because I wasn't comfortable at that time. That was the biggest challenge as far as, uh, especially with the, uh, with the dots. And then I, I kept adjusting my weight. The speed was just too fast for me originally. I've got two weights on it now. Uh, but the more I use it, uh, I actually pull the weights in a little bit closer to me, which increases the speed. And I'm beginning to get more comfortable that way. And also, I've closed the gap up uh, with, my, uh, with my dashes. Uh, so I don't feel like I'm having to pound the key. I've, I've always had the habit with a straight key of pounding it. And that has always created an issue for me in moving over to paddles because you don't have to actually pound it. Uh, so yeah. for me, the biggest thing was, was just realizing that I didn't have to pound the bug in order to get it to operate. So, for those who don't know, what is the difference between a bug and a like a regular set of, of uh, iambic paddles? Um, the bug is really just a straight key. It's, it's basically what it is, but because of the way that the bug is constructed and built, uh, with the weights on it and the bar, you're able to key at a faster rate. Um, the uh, the paddles are basically electronic, uh, and and I enjoy working the paddles uh, in portable work. Um, I'm kind of anxious now to to take that bug out in the field and and use it in a portable operation just to see what uh, what happens. <laughs> yeah, that would be so interesting. Yeah, I've been wanting to learn a bug too because. The bug, you know, yeah, on, if you tap it on one side, it sends, it kind of, it's mechanical dits, it's, right? Exactly. It'll continue sending uh, dits as long as you hold it down. And, and, then and, on, the, and the speed is based on, you know, where you have the weight set at on your bar. Yeah. And then on the left, it's it's actually, like you said, a straight key, right? So you have to exactly. make sure you use space that you have mm -hmm. to, you can't just tap it. You have to actually hold on to it long enough to make it sound, have, have a DAW come out or a, or a Exactly. Dash. Yeah. Absolutely. Boy, it was challenging when I tried it for the first time. <laughs> it's All a right, whole let's... different. It's a whole different methodology just for sending code. It's you know, and, and plus you have to tune it, you know, move the weights around so that exactly. it, it works best for you. And and I would imagine that that takes a while. I mean, you were indicating that you know you've started to move your weights around as you're able to increase your speed and you're more comfortable. And and I'm still adjusting it. I'm. I'm really notorious for for playing around with with keys, even paddles and in my straight key. Uh, I have arthritis and I have it in my hands 
it's not really bad, but some days it, it gets stiff. I think that plays a little part in it sometimes when I have to make the adjustments. Uh, but I'm always fooling around with my keys. I never have them set for one. I'm also finding out that certain keys work different with certain rigs. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of anxious to get it out and see how it works with some of my QRP rigs. Yeah, you're, you're, you do that uh, QRP stuff a lot. Uh, let's see. Scout75 says, man, watching Jim work those paddles on his posts to Twitter, I swear he was doing code before he could walk. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I actually learned code from uh, an Amico album set. Uh, oh, wow. That was on LPs that uh, you put on your record player that you played at 35 RPMs. And it was a setup, I think five or six LPs. Uh, they only went up to 13 words submitted. Uh, and over the years, they've gotten lost. I have no idea how I lost them. I think my mother threw them out when I moved out. Uh, but I remember as a, as a teenager, I would increase the speed up to 45 minutes, 45 RPM. Uh, just to see if I could work it. I think the speed at the 15 words per minute was something like 25 or 30. So uh, I tried to do that in order to see if I could uh, copy it uh, faster speeds. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm with, share with, your, yeah. with, with your bug, what speed are you currently sending at, setting at? And then do you have a goal for a particular speed you want to be able to adjust to? Uh, I've been sending up to 30 words per minute. Uh, and evidently it's been uh, copyable uh, because <laughs> I'm getting responses back from that 30 words per minute. Uh, the issue that I have is that uh, there are not too many people that copy at that speed. Uh, I, usually every night uh, between five and eight o'clock, I try to get some gray line DX uh, through uh, the uh, Straight Key Century Club. I'll go on their skid page and see if I can find somebody. And uh, I think it was last week is when I uh, had a QSO with uh, a guy in England uh, where we met up on uh, 17 meters, and on 12 meters. And uh, we did a QSO at about uh, 30 words per minute. Yeah, I was actually going to sh share, I don't know if it's the same one, probably isn't the same video, but let me just share this other one real quick. I was going to share this other video, bring it up, and uh, here's this one. So what are we seeing here? That was the uh, weekend sprint uh, this past weekend uh, with the uh, Straight Key Century Club. Uh Conditions were horrible that night. We had a, a G5 storm, uh, and it was a lot of QSV that night. Uh, and that was a 20-meter uh, contact. Oh, no, it was a 40-meter contact. Uh, and I think I maybe did 10 that night, but it was a lot of QSV and up fading. I was shocked that that uh, QCX uh, Mini in my living room, and if you notice there on the right, that looks like a, a tripod there. That's actually my Alpha Mag Loop that uh, is sitting on uh, some PVC piping that's sitting in the window of my apartment on the ground floor. Uh, and I made uh, contacts into uh, California, Florida, New England, 
Texas, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Indiana, and Kentucky with that setup. Wow, that's really nice. A QCX Mini and then that antenna and then a straight key. Yes. Straight C Century Club. So can, for those who don't know what that is, can you share with uh, a little bit about what that is? That you, uh, the straight uh, key Century Club uh, is it's a club that's been around for, for several years. Uh, they, uh, it's like the Long Island uh, uh, CW Club, uh, except they don't offer courses. It's, it's a way for people who kind of feel iffy about their, their code uh, speed as far as receiving and sending uh, to meet and exchange uh, RST values, uh, your name and your city, or just have a long QSO. Uh, it's it's another option and another great option in in order to uh, improve your CW skills. Very good. Okay, so we'll we're, we're going to move off Morse code here in just a minute. But I have I think one or two more questions about Morse code, and I want to give Dan a chance to ans ask any other questions he might have around related to Morse code. Do you have anything else, Dan? Well. I I struggle with it, so uh, I'm I'm definitely not proficient at it. Still working on just you know getting used to it, and uh, so you know I'm finding you know I find that uh, consistency is very important, and I haven't been consistent, so I'll just leave it at that. So don't you know, don't I've, take don't take you know use me as the example. <laughs> I've I've always looked at uh, at CW as a foreign language. Uh, and I think a lot of people I know when I was coming along years ago made the mistake of learning it by sight uh, instead of sound. Uh, and, and, and it's like, you know, you and Charlie, uh, I'm at the point now where I, I know a lot of operators uh, call sign even before they send it just by their rhythm and CW signature. Um, yep. and, and I look at it as a kid, you're going to make mistakes. I still make mistakes. Uh, and I, I think people have a, a built in fear of, of what a people are going to think about their sending, their sending speed, their sending style. Me, I don't care if I make a mistake or if I do something wrong. You know, I want people to say, hey, Jim, you sounded bad today. This is what I heard. <laughs> uh, and, and I've had that happen. You know, uh, we, we all have those days uh, in any part of our life where, you know, it, it's yep. just not your day. Yep, for sure. Let's well, see. one thing I, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely tell you that, you know, I, I when I started learning letters and things like that, I started out like 12 to 15 uh, words per minute, which was definitely too slow because I did kind of what you kind of alluded to as far as counting and stuff, mm -hmm. very bad. And it's, it's kind of a habit that's difficult to break it in is. some regards. And, uh, if you're going to learn CW in my mind, you know, you got to start out listening at like 20 words per minute, uh, in order to just start hearing just sounds. And even at that speed, every once in a while, I'll kind of fall back and try to count. Um, so anywhere between 20 and 25 is, is good to start listening. So you just hear, you know, you hear the sound of a letter instead of try to count it. I, uh, I, I work with a, a gentleman in broadcasting who was blind, who also had 
uh, an amateur radio license. Uh, and he had told me once and said, Jim, just close your eyes, close your eyes and listen to the code. And, you know, that's what I do. And then on top of that, uh, when I do practice, I, I don't use a pen or paper. I just, I get it out of the way. I don't even have it in the room with me, you know, and I close my eyes and I listen. Uh, and, and that has worked for me. Very cool. All right. Let's see. There was a comment here. I wanted to get to uh, KD2YDN radio. Yeah. Chris he says, great thing about S uh, straight key century club when doing mobile ops, if you're not at a designated Parker summit, there are operators on the straight key century club frequencies waiting for somebody to call out. So you'll get your cues, uh, with a straight key. Exactly. Yeah. That is the great thing about it. I've I, I've gotten up at, at, at three or four o'clock in the morning and, and couldn't sleep and cut on the radio and, and, and just start sending out, you know, CQs, SKCC. And lo and behold, within two or three minutes, there's somebody in the world that, that has answered. Very good. Okay, so a reminder to those of you who are watching uh, live in the chat, if you have any questions for Jim, go ahead and throw them in the chat. We'll try to get them up and answered. Uh, we're going to transition. Uh, if we have more time, we might get back to some Morse code stuff. But let's let's uh, talk about some other things. Next thing I wanted to to bring up. Let me see if I can share my screen. This time there's no audio, so it should <laughs> so it should work. <laughs> um, here we go. So can you tell us about this mode of uh, portable ops and what this is all about? I think that uh, what what, the, what we're looking at here is uh, well describe what we're looking at because this is an audio podcast too. So describe what we're looking at and and what got you into this. Right, right here is is one of my folding uh, bicycles and. I'm at uh, at a POTA site that's that's only three miles from my uh, from my home, and I've got my folding chair set up and a tarp out, and I've got the uh, infed half wave set up in a uh, V configuration on a telescoping pole uh, that's uh, tacked down from uh, something that Adam had showed. <laughs> K6ARK and how he yeah. uh, sets up his poles and everything. And uh, I just use my, uh, my that, that particular folding bike uh, to uh, transport everything uh, to the POTA site. Cool. And then there's one more here. Uh, where was it? That's all the keys. Maybe that was it. Yeah. There, I was trying to look at it, look up a couple of Twitter pictures, but uh, this one is kind of the same thing here, right here, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what you do then. I, I know there's, this is another one that I don't know if your bike was involved on this one, but, but you got involved in, in, yeah, it is your bike, isn't it? Yep. So tell us how you got involved and what how, kind of the story behind this part of it. As far as my uh, portable operations, I actually started portable operations back in the eighties. Uh, I've, I've, I've done a lot of hiking uh, prior to my bicycle tours. Uh, and so you did mountain topping before there was soda, huh? It actually wasn't mountain topping. So, so. you did parks on the air before POTA then. Exactly. Uh, I have operated uh, two meters out of uh, the Smoky Mountains uh, back in the late 80s. I uh, was up to Clingman's Dome. And, oh, yeah. Uh, 
operated two meters and was really shocked that I was able to make contact with people in uh, Chattanooga, uh, Atlanta. Uh, Knoxville was just, you know, a straight shot, but it really amazed me that I could get as far away from uh, Clingman's Dome up into uh, Chattanooga and Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, and I've also operated two meter from a hot air balloon. Oh, wow. How oh, you really? really? Yeah. Uh, that was back in 1985. And I'm scared to death of flying because you can fall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the uh, station that I was working with, uh, they offered, uh, it, it was a uh, balloon race and they offered people from different radio stations here in Louisville to, uh, to ride along. And uh, I rode along and used my two meter and was shocked to uh, get to people in Lexington, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Evansville, uh, down into the southern part of Kentucky, uh, Tennessee border. Uh, I think I made about six contacts. Uh, and that... Uh, that was amazing. That's what I love about this hobby. There are just so many different things that you can do. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad for people that don't try out different things or get stuck in one thing and don't do anything else. Oh, yeah. I hear that for sure. Did uh, So you you were doing portable ops or portable radio or like way back then, years oh, ago. Oh, yes. Uh, and that's that was kind of your bread and butter then. That's what you like doing, huh? I, I, I did. Uh when when I moved back to Louisville in 84, uh, the neighborhood that I moved into, uh, and as a lot of people didn't know about it then, there was just a lot of local noise uh, in my area. Uh, in addition to that, when I moved back into my parents' home, uh, it was aluminum siding, uh, a three-story home with aluminum siding and a tin roof. And uh, I was surrounded by those type of structures. Uh, so I eventually put up a, a vertical antenna and really used the, the roof, the tin roof as the ground plane. That, and, it, and it took me months in order to figure out how to do that. So in between that time is when I did a lot of portable operations. Uh, it wasn't any fun then carrying around an automobile battery and a 10 tech Omni uh, radio to operate. So it was definitely not the options you have today. If that's for exactly. Sure. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, tell us more about what your gear was. So you said it was a 10 tech and a, and a, uh, I guess a lead acid battery. Exactly. And yep. then what, what was your antenna that you used mostly? Uh, most of the time I used the antenna was uh, a long wire. Uh -huh. And I had made my own uh, nine to one unum at that time. Uh, and that's one of the things that I, I like about uh, my bike touring is uh, back when I started doing that in 2010, 2011. And uh, the only uh, QRP radio that I had at that time, which I still have right now, is my FT817. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, I had the Z817 tuner with it, and boy, I would pack that thing up with uh, a long wire, and I especially loved it after riding maybe 60 or 70 miles in the day, and then throwing up, you know, 90, 100 feet of wire at uh, a campsite and working 80 meters at night. 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your bike touring. So you, so you obviously graduated from, from just what normal people do drive to a location and set up <laughs> to now. I think it looks like you, it's one of your favorite things to do is to bike tour and uh, take a, take a radio with you. And then just at some point set up on that tour, right? Exactly. Uh, I've, I biked uh, as far as from Louisville to Cleveland and back uh, and made several stops along the way. And at nighttime, uh, I'd usually get on the air and, uh, and, and operate. Uh, and most of the time it was, uh, to get people to pass messages along to my family back here in Louisville to let them know that I was all right and where I was. Okay. Now did, uh, what, what was your favorite band and what is it now today as far as uh, your portable ops? Oh gosh. You know, I uh, I bought uh, the QCX minis last year, a forty meter and a twenty meter, uh, and I don't use Which are them. Great that radios, much. they they are. But because of the solar conditions right now, I've been operating a lot on ten, twelve, and seventeen meters. Oh yeah, and and they've been open around the world, and I don't get why more people are not using those bands. I'm I'm kind of surprised yeah that more people aren't using those high upper bands right exactly yeah i think it might be partially because people are uh uh don't have the antenna they could make an antenna but a lot of times you know it wasn't open for such a long time that uh, that uh, people just don't maybe don't have the antennas i don't really know the reason but uh, there you go jim uh, jim should really start a youtube channel <laughs> and that's what i love that's what I loved about you. I mean, you you've shown how easy it is to make a resonant antenna. It is really easy, and yeah. it's it's not that difficult. Uh, I'm I'm sorry I didn't do more of that uh, many 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 years ago, uh, and and I think that a lot of newcomers into a hobby have that fear or or think that they have to buy you know, a manufactured oper uh, antenna in order to be an effective operator. That's far from the case. True. Yep. Yep. Okay. So what I'm going to do now, uh, I'm, I need to address this, I think. Um, I didn't know that this was going to come up, this this uh, particular topic that Jim should really start a YouTube channel. <laughs> I but agree. I, I would... And and I hear what you're... I heard what you said about the fact that there's a lot of us in, the, in, in here doing this already. But... I was in a in a uh, live stream one. Uh, this was probably two or three years ago with Jason Ham Radio Two Point mm -hmm. and this discussion came up, and we were talking about how, well, some people were talking about how saturated it seemed yep. that yep. Uh, that YouTube was with uh, with YouTubers, and Jason made a great point, and I can't repeat his words exactly because I can't remember, but but the impression I got or, or the the lesson I learned from him was. Uh, it doesn't matter how saturated it may seem because in YouTube, uh, you're, you're the product and what you, what you offer and who you are, uh, is maybe something that somebody has been looking for all along and couldn't find. And so I would say personally that there is plenty of room for a gym in, uh, in YouTube land. So I would hope that at some point, maybe you reconsider because I think that you would do great. Well, here's here's one case that that may push me that way, or or one thing that may push me that way. Uh, I'm humble that you have asked me to appear with you. 
I'm, I'm, I'm humbled that, that so many people on my Twitter account and Instagram account find what I do is so unique. However, it isn't. There are probably 15 uh, operators that I know right off the bat that, that operate uh, by way of their bicycle, you know, not only here in the States, but around the world. Uh, and how many of them have a YouTube channel? Uh, th there's Tim, uh, N7KOM. Yep. There's Chris, uh, N1CLC. Uh, they just occasionally do, do uh, uh, they've only likes. done a few though, right? Yeah. They don't have a channel. They don't, it's not specifically dedicated to to bike to tours. bike you know the, right. the, their bike sometimes does come into play when they're doing you know uh, a soda activation right and jim uh, how many but, of them jim how many of them have a jim uh, n4 jaw perspective uh, on <laughs> i don't you, you know it's only one right charlie you must be in sales <laughs> this is I'm repeating what Jason had to 2.0 all of his arguments. You are in sales. <laughs> you you definitely have a, a passion for that style of of operating and you know that mode of transportation. So I think you have a very unique perspective and and I think it's definitely worth putting out in a YouTube channel. So I think uh, you would find a wide audience just because of of you know, what you do and your personality, I think you do very well on it. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. That's yeah. something that I'll take into consideration. <laughs> All right. Before we move on, and we will move on, but before we move on, we love you, Jim. This is a WA7 JNJ. We love you, Jim. All I'm hearing is excuses, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. All right. Let's move on. So um, let's see. I think we're kind of, those were the main questions that I wanted to ask you. I, I was interested in your bike touring. I was interested in your Morse code and I was interested in your, your experience in portable ops. And I think we could pretty much covered those, but there are a few other, there are a few other, uh, personality traits or, or, or different sides, I guess, as you'd say, there are a couple of other different sides to Jim's ham radio career that we don't know yet. And one of them is satellite operations. Am I right? That's correct. All right. Well, tell us about that. I haven't been on satellites uh, probably in four years. Okay. Uh, Doug in 6UA has been after me to get back on them. And, and again, this is just another part of our hobby. Uh, back when the bands were not as good as they are now, I did a lot of satellite and a lot of FT8. Uh, I actually, my first satellite uh, QSO was in April of 1991 with a cosmonaut aboard the Muir space station with a five watt Alenco two meter radio and a handmade or do it yourself three element uh, Yagi antenna in my backyard from Louisville. And it was just blind luck. I knew the pass was coming, but it was blind luck that uh, Muser happened to be uh, uh, operating at that time. And uh, that was my first satellite contact. Cool. And then where did you take it from there? I mean, some people, 
that's it for them. They just do the one and they're done. And then there's and, some people who like fill in the whole United States grid and all that. And and that's what it was for me. You know, I didn't do another one until 2010. And uh, one morning I, I decided, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to do more of these. I loaded up my uh, FT817 until my bike broke down my uh, aero antenna. Uh, got up around five o'clock in the morning, rode to work, and from the parking lot in downtown Louisville of my uh, uh, work, you know, I uh, operated a, a satellite contact with uh, Herberto down in Mexico. I think it's XC1HG at that time. I think his call sign has changed since then. Uh, but But after that, you know, for probably two or three years, I, I did a lot of satellite operations uh cool. through through ISIS and the FM and and I got away from the FMs and got into linear satellites because they were less crowded. Um and probably the only satellite that you'll catch me on now uh is uh, RS44. Uh the FM satellites are just so crowded right now. Yeah, yeah. I guess for you it sounds like you have the unique personality that uh that uh, many people, I think more people should have, which is, and you mentioned it a little earlier, that there's so much in the hobby. Why not explore all of it and and uh, take it down, take, you exactly. know, go in whatever direction it takes you instead of getting stuck in one one area. You've obviously lived that, haven't you? <laughs> I'm like a little kid. Uh, this is, you know, this is my playtime. Uh, the only thing that I, that I haven't done is uh, EME. Uh, one day, and it's funny, I've got the materials to make a, a big disc antenna. Uh, I just how haven't you, built it yet. How are you going to fit that on your bike? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought an oversized uh, oval, those slate things that are those slate discs. I yeah. got an oh. oversized slate disc that I bought, and I've still got the foil around here somewhere uh and it's just a matter of me uh making the time to to put it together so many things so little time right yep yeah yep cool all right well we're going to transition we've got uh, seven minutes left so there's a couple things one i want to give dan a chance to ask any other questions that he has also, don't forget in the chat, we uh, are going to give you an opportunity to ask any questions you have or any comments. We'll take a look at those in the, in the next five to ten minutes. And uh, then we want to also get uh, Jim an opportunity if he wants to uh, add anything uh, that we haven't talked about that he'd like to talk about. We'd love to do that. And it looks like uh, Mike, N2MAK, just, uh, just gave us $10. Thank you so much. Mike is a great uh, POTA operator. And he has a he he puts a lot of stuff on YouTube as well, and I really like some of his things. Uh, he's 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 a, a great um, champion of the hobby as well, and uh, really promotes things well. So thank you for that, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, so they do have a question here. Uh, Dan, did you have one by the way before we get going? Well, you know, I was kind of wondering, and, and this is you know kind of from the the beginning of the show, but. Um, you know, I know you, you worked in radio and, and broadcast, you know, for, for a long time and you were still a ham radio operator when so many of us, you know, especially like in those kind of industries, you know, the last thing I want to do after working with <laughs> RF all day and all the hassles, you know, was 
go out and be an amateur radio operator. So how did you balance that and, and, and love the hobby enough during that time to, to go out and operate? It's funny. Really, the only time that I operated uh, during that time was uh, field day or, or if in, in severe weather. Uh, I didn't really do any, any general operating. Uh, I was on vacation once uh, in 1985 down in Atlanta when the uh, Mexico City earthquake occurred. And mm. I was visiting a friend at CNN, and she was going out to, to cover uh, the Georgia Tech University's ham station doing relief work uh, for the earthquake. And I went along with her and ended up spending two days doing relief operations at Georgia Tech. <laughs> uh, and that was prob- that was the only time that I actually operated in 1985. Uh, and then we've had, se- and during that time, we've had several severe weather, either it be snowstorms or bullets, uh, blizzards uh, that I've operated here. Uh, at one time for, I think, maybe two or three years, I was net control of our racist unit here in Louisville. So those were really my operating positions uh, during the time that I was in broadcasting. Fantastic. Oh, Charlie, you're muted. You're yeah, muted, Charlie. Yep. Just uh, I'm 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 running the <laughs> right on the board here, trying to make a comment on the in the chat and do all these things. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you. Um, let's see. So there was a comment. There was a question here. First of all, let me recognize. I, I always have to recognize my my good friend uh, Larry from Ham Radio Live. Uh, he has done so much for for the Ham Radio community through his YouTube channel. Uh, he, like you, is a, was a uh, broadcaster, right? He was in mm-hmm. broadcasting, and he's used that to his advantage in his YouTube videos and, and just champions ha- the ham radio uh, hobby and art uh, all the time. And I, I just if you haven't uh, checked out his YouTube channel, I think you will really like it. So check him out. Um, then there's the question that uh, Scout75 has uh, brought up, which is, how did Jim get into biking? So there you That have. was my only transportation as a kid. Uh, and, and it's, 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 it's physically great to do it. Uh, uh, a lot of you all know, and some may not know that I'm a pancreatic cancer survivor. And after my, uh, treatment and surgery in 2008, I, I got back into biking in order to, to try to improve my health. That led me into doing triathlons. Um, so that's kind of how I got back into biking. Also, biking has helped me uh, meet a lot of people uh, in connection with my ham radio. People will see me on my bike, and then they'll see me setting up, and they say, what are you doing? And I've, I've, I've met uh, retired federal judges, a couple of bills. Uh, and operating at the Falls of the Ohio, I had a crowd of about 30 people one day down on the Falls, and the best one was a little girl that was around seven years old that actually pulled her dad up the hill to see what I was doing. <laughs> awesome. uh, so the the biking for me has has worked twofold. You know, people are inquisitive to all the or some of the equipment that I'm carrying on my bike. And then when they start seeing me set it up, you know, they'll stick around and start asking questions. Yeah. Well, Jim, mad respect, man. Pancreatic cancer is is 
All, all I can say is I have mad respect for you, buddy. That's all. Oh, that's no big deal. Heck, I've had two bouts of bladder cancer. I've had liver Ooh. disease, liver surgery. I've had two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that would that would really knock some people down. But you are have such a great attitude. It's uh, it's uh, contagious. Let's see. N six ARA. Many of you guys know him. He's a he also has a has a good contribute made some good contributions to the to the Hamrito community. Most recently, he came up with little Morse code paddles that are like uh, the emergency ones. They were really Love really that cool. Paddle. The A the N seven ARA paddle. That's good stuff. He says yeah. I I'd I'd, I'd watch the N four JAW channel. I recently bought a bike and would love to hack into a portable <laughs> ops machine. <laughs> He can so do it. He was out yesterday operating with a true SDX and it's mini paddle. I mean, yeah. that's that's and, and, an, and an infant half wave. So, no you know, kidding. You, you can throw that into a McDonald's bag. <laughs> that's right. Along with, you know, a large <laughs> order of fries and, you know, a Big Mac. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, Tank Raider says, wow. And <laughs> Thomas uh also i mean all these great people on the uh visiting right now thomas n4 sorry k4swl thomas witherspoon has a as a fantastic channel uh, i just got a qsl card back from him and uh, he's he uh, was very kind in what he said but uh, i i would return the comments that he ha is an inspiration to ham radio just as he is saying nothing stops jim he is an inspiration i think uh, thomas's channel is something that a lot a lot of a lot of people really enjoy watching him so the hardest man in show business. That's right. All right, great. So uh, we're running at, at we're actually at the top of the hour now. So we 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 can probably go another minute or two. Uh, we're going to probably run into Ham Radio 2.0 a little bit because, uh, but you know, we got a late start. So I think he won't mind if we if we take just a few more minutes and and uh, wrap things up. So, uh, but thank you everybody who uh, made comments in the chat. Hopefully, we got to everybody that uh, we could and. And uh, Dan, did you have anything else before we turn the, the, the final thoughts over to Jim? No, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for coming on the show. And you really are an inspiration. And, uh, uh, you know, everybody enjoys your content. And uh, I hope you, you uh, go ahead and put a bunch more content on YouTube. Uh, I know uh, I'll be out there watching for it. Thank you. Yeah. And then I would say, uh, first of all, let me just housekeeping. Uh, if you could just take, sting, hang around after we go off live and, and in the, in this room here and we'll, we'll, uh, wrap up offline. Uh, sure. so, uh, I too, am really grateful for you, Jim. I honestly, I'm, I'm really grateful for you just as a person. Um, I think that you are, are truly are an inspiration. We've got, we've mentioned a lot of people. We've mentioned Thomas Witherspoon. We've mentioned Larry from Ham Radio Live, Jason 2, Ham Radio 2.0, uh, N4ARA. I mean, there's just so many people. You're right in there with, with everybody, you know, because uh, you offer a lot to people as far as inspiration goes and, and as far as uh, having fun with the hobby. So I appreciate you sharing your story today with us. And I hope uh, we get an opportunity to maybe have you back at some point. So take it away with whatever else you have, you want to say. Again, I, I, I appreciate you having me on. And, and, and when you first asked me, I, I kind of made a vow that when I got out of broadcasting, I said, you know, I don't want to be on this side of the camera. I've been on the other side of the camera for so long. I'm just going to be quiet and have fun. Uh, so nothing against you, but, you know, I, I appreciate you all inviting me on. It's, it's been fun and, and great. And thank you for all the people out there for your encouragement and, and your kind blessings. 
All right, very good. Okay, thank you everybody who's uh, been watching in the in the chat room and for your comments. I really appreciate that. And thank you also to those of you who'll be listening later, uh, both in the uh, podcast version and also on uh, YouTube. Uh, thanks for your support, everybody. And uh, we will catch you again in two weeks. And so with that, I think I'm just going to say 73 to everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>